on your Tuesday. Welcome on in. Still a little Rob Ellis for you there. Tony Basilio, welcome you to another edition to the Monday edition. It is an outstanding day to be alive and well with you. On the one, the only, the only, the one. It is your Tony Basilio show, often imitated, and of course, never, and I mean never, duplicated. The official voice of the common fan. And make no mistake about it, the show of record. As we break it down scientifically in East Tennessee, and I mean break it down scientifically. I'm getting ready to yell at these people in, in, in my place where I'm at. Hey, we're doing radio. Oh, whoa, whoa, we're doing what are we doing over here? I just had to yell at my wife. Which never happens, but I'm in a house with hardwood and my brother. They're they're being as loud as they want to be, as is that surprising to you, um, Brian Hartman, that we've had a we've, we're having loud Italians on the line here? Oh, I'm 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 stunned, stunning, literally stunned at I mean, that development. I was like, do y'all mind if if you know if I kind of work over here? Do 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 you, do you mind, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another edition. TGMD Tuesday, following what was a terrific appearance by Evan Russell yesterday. And, of course, Tennessee baseball remains on the front burner. This football team remains on the front burner as well. Matt Dixon, are you fired up, focused, and prepared for Orange and White and Arkansas this weekend? Are you fired up, focused, and prepared? Uh, I, I am fired up about about the Arkansas series. Uh, really haven't haven't put much thought, if any, into you know spring football, which is just kind of crazy to think about. But um, didn't used to be that way. But I guess we we have Tennessee baseball to to occupy our spring. So I'm much much more looking forward to to the three game set of I guess Tony Vitello's Welcome Back to Fayetteville than I am the Orange and White game on Saturday. And X said it best uh, today in the blog. You know, the, the bottom line about spring football these days is, especially around here, the the, the real truth is, and, and it's, I'm, I'm just going to read you what X said today, because this is how I feel about spring ball. Tennessee has a few more practices remaining. Comes the Orange and White game Saturday. I know, he says, I don't know what the spring game's going to look like, and I really don't care. Just get out of the week without any major injuries. The coaching staff had a number of players held them out out of practice for the entire spring, and a few others have been limited. He goes, I refuse to place any of the key players on either side of the football in harm's way until August. The roster's improved at every position, but continues to be a work in progress. An injury to a key player, literally to any position, could have devastating consequences. And you know what? He's exactly right. Spring spring football for the Vols right now is about survival and about getting into the offseason from here without any pins, pins dropping on you. And that is, that is right on the money, Matt. That's exactly right. Yes, yeah, it's, that's kind of the key now. And, and really, it, and it feels like recently so, so many teams have – have a lot of guys that just don't participate at all in spring. They have some kind of cleanup operation after the year and then are really no contact until August anyway. So, um, you know, not, a, I guess it's a, a nice time to build some depth and, and develop, you know, some guys that ho- hopefully you can 
count on, but yeah, it's not a, not a huge, huge deal, um, right now, which, and you know, it used to be a huge, you know, it used to be a big deal, the spring game and all that. And I still think it's a great thing for families and, and kids. Um, if they still do the autograph thing, that was always like one of the highlights of my year, uh, growing up was doing that. So mm. I, I think that's more what, what the orange and white game is about to me than, than the actual game itself. Do you remember, Matt, meeting anybody in particular when you were a kid? Can you, like, close your eyes and picture that? Oh, yeah. There was – this wasn't the orange and white game, although I did meet him there, but they, that welcome back barbecue they have, like they had every, like, August. Uh, when I was, you know, like six or seven, uh, Bubba Miller, who was the starting center, uh, was sat at our table. And I had just spilled some lemonade and a little bit got on him. And I, I really thought my life was over, but he was the nicest guy in the world. And I have never forgot that. It's really cool. Of course, he's a nice guy. He's a Philadelphia Eagle, man. I mean, how, how are you supposed to behave? So well, turned into seven, an Eagle fan there, Matt. just spilled lemonade on him and, you know, this big 300-pound football player. Um, I, I really thought I was I, my life was over there, so. But no, he, he played it off and, and was just a great super guy. I actually saw uh, my dad found a picture of me and him at, at the orange and white game. Like, I think it was like last summer he showed it to me. So it, it was really cool. Wow. So, but that, that, that's what the orange and white game is to me. Yep. So, and I hope, I hope it's still that way. I, I, I mean, I told you, like, I literally haven't put any thought into football this spring. So I, I don't know what the format is or if they're doing those fan day deals or not. That's an interesting question as to whether or not they're doing. I know they stopped that there for a while with the, uh, with uh, twenty twenty and all that stuff, and um, and I don't know if that's resumed or not resumed. That's an interesting question. In the meantime, in the meantime, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got the Arkansas series. We've got uh, Brian Hartman. We're getting ready to get on the whole hog, aren't we, Brian? The whole hog. That's the best name of a of a uh, website covering a team that I know of. Whole Hogs Court. Not even close. Yeah, there's not a not second close. Who no. would that be? There isn't one. There isn't one because when you start talking about the whole hog and all that connotates or connotes rather around here, um, whole hog has so many meanings. It's just it's it's a Harley Davidson. It's Arkansas. It can be uh, my friends at Calhoun's, the Taste of Tennessee with those incredible ribs melting in your mouth. But uh, at any rate, we'll, we'll get we're going to do a checkup from the neck up on our friends at Arkansas. Matt, do you find this a winnable series from ten thousand feet before we bring Dudley Dawson on in a few minutes? What do you think, Matt? Well, I, I think Tennessee can win every series they play. Um, especially from here on out, um, would I pick them to win it? No, uh, but it's definitely a winnable series. Arkansas, like they're they're never really great at anything. They're just kind of very very good across the board. They don't usually beat themselves, but I, I do think they'll probably have a pretty jacked up atmosphere, which I think probably helps Tennessee give, given their their struggles um, when there's no juice in the stadium and ho- hopefully you get good weather because. This team, for whatever reason, just doesn't doesn't battle through elements very well. But no, it's it's a winnable series um, that you, you definitely can't go out there and get swept. This team hates the cold, Matt. 
hates the cold, hates the rain. Um, Such a weird group. They hate they hated the cold hate, more than Florida they, they hated obviously the cold hate, this weekend. Hate getting early leads in games because they they seem to be down early in every game. <laughs> it's, it's kind of fr- it's it's frustrating, but that's really just kind of how the season's gone. It just it's never really clicked yet, and ho- hopefully it it eventually does. Why it's an emails from some people that said. Uh, you know, Tony, the definition of insanity is continuing to trot that Burns guy out there and expect different results. Listen, I'll give you some advice, okay, those of you that emailed me that. You continue to watch baseball like a football fan, and I'll watch baseball like somebody's watched baseball all my life. And one of us is right, and one of us is wrong. No offense to you. So you say no offense. I say no offense to you because you watch baseball like a football fan. I watch baseball knowing that the totality of the deal is get into the postseason and let's see what happens. Because I've got to get my ship righted by the time I get to when it really, really, really matters. Not that it doesn't matter now. It matters now. But I can't be making rash decisions with my roster and my pitchers. And my pitchers are my anchors of my team. They're not a position player. A position player is not the anchor of your team. Your roster is, and your position players, let's take a brief time out. We'll come back so I can let my wife and my daughter continue, my, my, my wife and my brother continue their conversation. We'll continue with more on the other side. Dudley Dawson breaks it down scientifically after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. 
Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today. 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Benjamin Sanders with the Columbia Kiwanis Club. Kiwanis is hosting its annual Sporting Clays fundraiser at the Murray County Gun Club on Saturday, April 15th. Columbia Kiwanis supports the Imagination Library in Murray County for children's literacy. Shooters of any age and skill are welcome to shoot, either as a team or an individual. Scholarships are available for youth to participate. Find us on Facebook, check out our website, or call Suzanne Ganser at 615-939-1928. We hope you join us for this great event. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Bow your head, bow your head, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Jones makes a return engagement. Back on your uh, Tony Basilio show here at tclub.team and many parts westward. He of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette joining us now on the program. And uh, 
Matt, I welcome you in against the backdrop at the Vols. We're going to be in town later in the week. Tony Vitalo coming back. And, uh, hey, I, I like uh, I like a little drama with my sports. Any drama around this one with Tony Vols returning? Well, I, I definitely think it'll be a hostile environment this weekend. Uh, you know, and I, I think it's that way pretty much any SEC series. But, you know, given the fact where, where Tennessee's been the last couple of years, I'm sure you guys have probably seen the social media uh, wars that Arkansas and Tennessee's fans have had over the last couple of years. It'll, it'll be a fun environment. Yeah, I'm interested to see how Tony is welcomed. Uh, you know, they came back here in 2019 after he had already gone to Tennessee. I think it was his second year there and got a great reception. Things have changed since then. Of course, everybody remembers the, the little blow-up at the, the end of the Arkansas series in Knoxville a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's going to be one of those deals where the people who go to Arkansas's games regularly, they love Tony Vitello for the most part. Uh, you know, they appreciate what he did in helping build, you know, teams that either played in the College World Series or even, you know, the year after he left Arkansas, they, they played in the championship game of the World Series. You got people who, you know, maybe aren't as, as, uh, plugged in. Uh, and I think that might be where some of the hostility comes from. But I think it's going to be a fun series and I think it's going to be a good test for these two teams, uh, you know, who need to keep winning. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Um, both teams are kind of, they're not the same, but they're but they're profiling in a in, in a similar sense in that they're they're not one of the lights out teams uh, in the league. Um, but then again, you're in a league that's so difficult that sometimes being okay in this league is enough nationally. It's kind of hard mm-hmm. to keep your perspective when you see a year like this uh, in the Southeastern Conference and you're sort of in the middle. It's hard to keep perspective, isn't it? Well, I mean, I think Ole Miss last year is a perfect example. They, you know, they trended toward the middle all year, and then they got healthy at the end and won the national championship. Arkansas, you know, they battled for the West last year, but they weren't one of the two or three best teams, and they were one of the last three teams standing in Omaha, lost to Ole Miss. And yeah, I think a lot of people believe that if Arkansas would have won that last game against Ole Miss, they would have beaten Oklahoma for the championship. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at the league. Ole Miss has got the worst record in the league, and they're the defending national champion. And Missouri's got the second worst record in the league right now, and they swept Tennessee three weeks ago. So anybody can beat anybody, and I, I think that is good to keep perspective. You know, just just how difficult the, the conference is. You know, from an Arkansas standpoint, they're eight and four. They're in first place in the West. They're a half game ahead of LSU. Uh, they lost two of three at LSU, uh, but they did beat them one time. Uh, you know, I think that's uh, I think that's notable. They beat them there at their yard, just like Tennessee did. Beat them one of three. Uh, their, their schedule gets a lot more difficult as the season goes along, you know, beginning with Tennessee this week. To this point, they played LSU, but they've also played Auburn and Alabama and Ole Miss. And, you know, moving forward, they play A&M, they play South Carolina, and they play Vanderbilt. Uh, it, you know, it, it, it gets progressively more difficult as the season goes along for Arkansas. And I'm interested to see how they're going to hit Tennessee this weekend. Uh, I don't think they've played a team, and, and that includes LSU, with a pitching staff that's as good as Tennessee's is. And so I think it's going to be a good challenge for this offense, which has kind of held the team up uh, for these last few weeks because they've had some injuries in their bullpen. Uh, so it's it's going to be a good challenge for them this weekend. I think seeing you know pitchers like Beam and Dollander and and you go down the list there for for Tennessee. It, it, it just, uh, I'm real interested to see how Arkansas is going to handle this. Well, let's let's get there, Matt Dixon. I want to jump you into our conversation today, 
as we uh, break it down uh, with uh, Matt Jones, who uh, is joining with the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And, of course, Tennessee and Arkansas are uh, going to fight it out here. And, you know, Matt, jump in here. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, you know, th- thanks for joining. Could, could you just kind of go, go over the Arkansas's projected weekend rotation? I know they, they've had a, a number of injuries to, to their to their pitching, um, both before the season and, and um, kind of during. Just who, who can Tennessee expect to see, see on the mound and, and kind of a, a brief scout on those guys? Well, a little preface here is, is that it kind of changes from week to week. Um, but I think on Friday night, the most likely pitcher that Tennessee will see is Hunter Holland. He's a left-hander junior, transferred into Arkansas from San Jacinto College in Texas this year. Uh, he's been really good for him. He had a bad outing against Alabama two weeks ago, but otherwise he's been really good. Uh, he threw five and a third scoreless innings at LSU the week before. He got hit around by Alabama a little bit. Uh, he played Ole Miss real well last week. Uh, so you know, he's a strike thrower, had a lot of strikeouts last year at the junior college level, uh, pitched a couple of times at the Juco World Series in Grand Junction. And, you know, so he's, he's been very good for him this year. Probably the number two pitcher that Tennessee will see is a, a right-hander named Will McIntyre. Uh, he was not in the he was not um, announced before the weekend in the rotation last week, but that was because he had the flu and ended up feeling a little bit better by the final game of the series against Ole Miss, who pitched in Game Three. I, I fully expect that he'll be back in the rotation in Game Two. You know, their best pitcher is a left-hander named Hagen Smith, sophomore. He'll be a probably a first-round draft pick next year. Uh, he's a 24 draft eligible. What they've done, though, because of the injuries that they've had in their bullpen, is that they've moved Smith to the back end. And it's something they did last year in their run to Omaha. They put him at the back end. He pitched them, pitched well for them in Stillwater at the regional and Chapel Hill at the super regional. And then, you know, so they kind of use him as a wild card. So, for instance, they didn't have to use him in game one at Ole Miss, so they started in game two. I think there's a, a chance that if they don't have to use him in game one or game two against Tennessee, and that's, that's very unlikely that they would pitch him in Game 3 in the starting role. But what you see Arkansas do quite a bit on Friday nights is that they will throw Holland for, you know, 5-6, maybe even in the 7th inning if, if he can make it that far, and then they'll piggyback Smith on top of that. And they're really hard to beat on Fridays with those two pitching. I mean, Hunter Holland's probably going to be a top 3-4 round draft pick this year, and like I said, Smith is probably a first-rounder next season. A couple of left-handers with different looks. Uh, you know, they pitch from different sides of the mound. They've got different, you know, pitching styles. And so that's been really effective for them in game one's series. And, uh, you know, Sunday, uh, that's probably TBA at this point. And I think it'll probably be, you know, one of those deals where they decide who their pitcher is going to be on Sunday after they see what they've got available after Saturday's game. And, you know, just kind of going over some Arkansas's uh, position players, like they've replaced a lot over the last few years. Um, you know, I, I was surprised to see uh, Brady Slavin still there. He's kind of their Luke Lipsius, I guess. Um, I know Peyton Stovall's at, at second, ha- hadn't had a great year, but, um, you know, Kendall Diggs. Like, who, who are the, the top guys to watch for um, at, at the plate for Arkansas? Yeah, yeah well, Slavin's and Stovall, they're the two that are back from last year's College World Series team. They were the only two returning position players, and they're probably two of the ones that are off to the – and they're not off to bad starts. It's just in conference play they haven't been uh, incredibly consistent. Although Slavens and Stovall both began to hit a little bit better last week 
against Ole Miss. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues. Uh, their outfielders have been their best hitters this year. Uh, starts in center field, Tavian Josenberger is their leadoff guy. He was the conference player of the week, uh, not this last weekend, but the one before. Uh, really good uh, leadoff guy. He's going to battle you. You'll make you throw seven, eight, nine pitches in and at bat. Uh, you know, he'll take his walks. He'll get hit by pitches. Uh, you know, he's kind of the tone setter for the offense. If he can get on, then two through five, two through six, they're, they're really good and they can move him around. Uh, they've got a left fielder in. Josenberger transferred from Kansas. They've got a left fielder who transferred in from Creighton named Jared Wagner. Uh, he hits about 370. He's their power guy, 45 RBIs, 12 home runs at this point in the year. Uh, really good, strong right-handed bat. And then the right fielder is a, uh, a left-handed bat named Jace Borfa. He transferred in from Oklahoma two years ago. Uh, didn't play a whole lot last year, was injured, and then was you know just kind of one of the, the bench guys on that World Series team. Uh, he's batting over 400 this year and has been really good for him. Uh, he'll show some power, but he's, he's kind of a doubles guy. Uh, you know, third base, they've got a guy in from Florida, a junior college named Caleb Callie, who's really starting to come on the last couple of weeks. Uh, he can, he can really show a lot of power, but he's done a good job here lately of going the other way. Where Arkansas is, <clears throat> I guess, weakest in their lineup is at the bottom. Uh, they're eight, nine is their catcher and their shortstop. Uh, John Bolton from Memphis is the shortstop and a catcher named Parker Rowland. Uh, and, and, they just—it's it, kind of a hole in the lineup. Like I said, uh, you know, you, you get runners on base quite a bit, and then they come up, and, and they're not real good at advancing them. And so they got to figure out a way to patch up that hole at the bottom of the lineup. And if they can do that, they'll be really strong offensively. It's really interesting to hear you uh, break that thing down because it sounds like they, in a, in a lot of ways almost had to do what Tennessee did last year with all those newcomers and had to be resourceful. How many? So they brought uh, the two starters back off last year's team and then the one off the bench, and then do they have five newcomers there? Is that is that what that lineup looks like? Well, let's see. In a starting, you know, normal day starting lineup, they've got four guys who are back because Kendall Diggs was also their DH. He was a freshman mm-hmm. last year who didn't play a whole lot. Uh, but he and Borfin were, were pretty much bench players last year. Um, and so they've got two starters back. They had two that came off the bench, and they they plugged the rest with. Um, uh, I guess they're all transfers. Wow! Was, and then was Diggs wise, the one who hit the the tenth inning grand slam at LSU on the Friday? That's Diggs. Yeah, Diggs hit the okay. grand slam. Yeah, uh, he's a, I like him. He's a good player. <clears throat> yeah, he's he's kind of got a, a a knack, I guess, for clutch hits. He's you know, he had a walk off home run against Ole Miss last year in Fayetteville. Uh, he's he's been very good for him in that DH role, and uh, you know he hits about sixth, seventh in the lineup depending on the day. And you know the interesting thing about this lineup is, and I know Tennessee throws a lot of right-handers, but this lineup has has got a lot of left-handed bats. There's some switch hitters in there too, and they hit left-handers a lot better than they hit right-handers, and that's been a, a difference from past years because in past years Arkansas has really struggled with the left-handed pitching. This year they're not struggling with right-handed pitching, but they are really. Uh, Teeing off on left-handers this year, which has been uh, kind of an interesting development with this team. It's going to be a really interesting matchup. Do you have any questions for us uh, about the Vols? As uh, Matt is steeped in it, he's over there at every game, hosts our TLD Logistics Short Porch podcast, uh, which can be heard where any uh, where or any you find any of your great podcasts. Um, do you have any questions for us about the Vols ahead of this weekend? 
Well, I don't. I, I got to admit, I've never been asked a question like that on a on a show. But I, I will ask you this, Matt. Uh, you know, I see Tennessee's pitching numbers this year, and, and they don't look like they're as strong as last season. I know they've got their entire rotation back. Uh, what, what would you say has been the difference in their pitching? Um, it, it's really we've talked about this all year. They they just haven't been great. Uh, command's been an issue with with Chase Burns and the fastball. Uh, you know, Chase, Chase Dolander putting putting too many you know the the sliders and breaking stuff just over the the middle of the plate. A, a lot of the big hits that they've given up have have been in pitchers counts, which is really interesting. Uh, the the bullpen's been a pleasant surprise and it has really been really good. Um, yep. But no, it, it it's very interesting. Drew Bream on you know the the game three starter um, coming off the best outing of the year against Florida went seven innings. Um, he's kind of their consistent guy. But no, those 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 front end guys they just for whatever reason it just hasn't seemed to click that. They Tennessee will give up an error or or not turn a double play, and it seems like all year that's came around to to bite them. They've they've already given up more unearned runs this year than they did all of last year in you know less than half the games. Yeah, I, I think and if I may, happen. yeah, yeah, if I may add one thing, you know, Matt was talking about how they they've um, just for some reason given into hitters and hitting counts. They've thrown some highly hittable pitches. Literally in O2 counts, one two counts, balls where you'd think, you know, the quality pitchers like these guys would would waste a pitch. Uh, there's been very little of that. Um, and then the other thing that's happened to this club that's impacted their pitching, and it was pointed out yesterday to us by Evan Russell, who of course uh, was the catcher last year on that uh, rather loud Tennessee team. Uh, Evan said that in his mind, the shoddy fielding behind the starting pitching this year where Tennessee's had a season where whenever they, and you, you can watch for it this series if the trend continues, wherever they've made a mistake, they pay immediately for it. So if there's an error to extend an inning, that run more times than not in league play is going to score. It's been uncanny this year. And then they've had a situation or two this year where they've had guys picked off base for no reason at all, just silly base running, mm-hmm. or guys running into outs, and then the next guy up will hit a home run. And that has been a just a running theme uh, thus far, Matt, of this season. And uh, so your comment, go ahead. Well, I, I, two things come to mind. Number one, I think that there are a lot of older hitters in the SEC, and that makes a, you know, that makes a difference. You know, you're talking about mm-hmm. making a, a pitcher pay for mistakes. I mean, some of these guys that we're talking about at Arkansas, Jared Wagner's a left fielder. He'll turn 24 in June. Uh, you know, you, you've got a lot of players like that now because of obviously COVID and then the way the draft has changed. Players are staying in college for longer. Uh, you get the, the freedom of movement through transfers. And you know, the, I think the, the teams are just a lot older uh, for the most part in the SEC. And then the other thing I was going to say, those pitchers for Tennessee, you know, Beam and Dollander and uh, 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 Burns, they're – Last year, I guess, was really the first time that I had noticed them. Uh, I know Dollander transferred in last year. I don't know about the other two, if, if they'd been there the year before that. You know, But even here at Arkansas, you've got uh, Hagen Smith, who he's getting hit around, I think, a little bit more in conference play than I remember him getting hit last year. Now, I haven't looked at that to, to confirm that. It's just uh, uh, you know, one of those eye feelings. Uh, and then you know, Will McIntyre was their number two starter 
uh, he pitched really well for them in the postseason. I think that there's something to be said for kind of that element of surprise and where teams haven't seen you before. And then when you come back for another year, there's a there's a book on you. There's a scouting report. You know, those coaches have, have watched that film and they've figured out how they're going to hit you. And so I, I think, you know, like well, you know, Paul Skeens is having a great year at LSU. I think if he were to come back next year, and I know he won't, I think that, you know, you might see teams be able to manufacture some stuff against him more so than they're doing right now. And then you know, I almost think it's it's a it's almost kind of uh, tougher pitchers when they have to go through the league a second time or a third time because I, I do think that teams figure out how they pitch and, and how they're going to attack them better. Yeah, that's a really, really great point. And uh, Matt, as we visit with Matt Jones, uh, who is joining us today, he's Arkansas Democrat because we're talking Arkansas but talking globally about the league. We had Chris Burke on from SEC Network, who, of course, played here and we have him on a bunch. He blessed us with his time. He's he's a wonderful guy. And uh, Chris, on Friday, pointed out, and I hadn't really realized this, but he said in Skeen's four starts in this league to show you the depth of the conference, LSU is actually two and two now in his four starts. And if Tennessee could field the baseball, could be one and three, uh, that LSU team, in his four starts. And, and he personally is only one and one in terms of record-wise, but when he pitches, they're only 2-2. Two and two. And if if that doesn't speak to the depth of this league and the quality of bats in the league, and this is a guy that's got blow-away numbers in terms of the number of strikeouts per nine, but yet at the same time, every one of these, nobody's capitulating to him, if you know what I mean. Like, he's not throwing one-hitters. He's, he's having to earn it, even though he's very good. Yeah, I think it also speaks to the level of pitching that's opposite of him. I mean, I can go back to the yeah. Arkansas game two and a half weeks ago when they piggybacked uh, Hall, or, uh, Hunter Holland and, and Hagen Smith against him, and they pitched every bit his equal. Now, he was great that game. He had 12 strikeouts. He gave up two hits in seven innings. Uh, but he gave up one run, and you know, sometimes that's all it takes when you've got that, you know, that level of pitch. I mean, I watched it six days later when Chase Dollander pitched against him, and you know, I thought – even though Dollander wasn't as sharp as Keynes, he was as effective, you know, for five, six innings, however long he went. And, you know, so, so teams have got good starters, and I think that's the key to beating Skeens is you've got to have your guy that he has to be on just like Skeens is going to be on because you know he's going to be on. And I think that, you know, South Carolina kind of got a little bit of a cheap win the other day because of the, the rain out, or not the rain out, but the rain delay, and then Skeens wasn't able to come back. I think he can only pitch three innings in that game. I'd be interested to see how that game goes differently if he was able to come back out. But you're right. You know, teams have got good starters, and they're throwing their number one guy against them, obviously. And at least at this point in the year, uh, you know, the number one guy has been able to pitch at least to his equal and, and make those games really interesting. You know, I'm not trying to diminish what Tennessee did last year, Matt, and it would be silly too. But And you've seen one of those super teams up close as well. And for whatever reason, they, they don't realize it in the, in the sport. You know, when you take that number one seed into the postseason, it's gone on since 1999. It's, it's very strange. Um, but it seems like the league is better this year. Is the league better this year than it was last year in your mind? I think it's more, uh, I think it's more competitive. I don't know that it's as good about, you know, I don't know if they're going to get as many teams in the NCAA tournament this year as they've had the last two years. But, you know, what I think you're seeing is, you know, Kentucky, all of a sudden they've come out of nowhere. And I'm not sure they've played 
you know, a great schedule to this point. I think they're going to kind of fall back toward the middle at some point. But, you know, they, they're competitive. Uh, you saw what Missouri did against Tennessee and Columbia. Uh, Ole Miss, like I said, is the defending national champion. Mississippi State was the national champion two years ago, and they're down at the bottom of the SEC West. Uh, Georgia, you know, all of a sudden they came out of nowhere to beat Kentucky the other day in a doubleheader and take that series. So I just think it's really competitive. Uh, I don't I don't know that it's a, a better league. I just think it's a more competitive league. And I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier, that you got so many older players uh, in this league. I mean, you've, you've got people even at you know, Missouri, which is kind of an afterthought in SEC baseball, who are 22, 23 years old, have come from other SEC programs. I mean, they're starting catcher. I spent two years here at Arkansas. And so they're getting really good players who just may not be good enough to start at another SEC program. And it's, it's as competitive, I think, as I've seen the SEC in several years. Well, we really, really appreciate you taking some time. And, and Matt, one of the things, I hope you noticed that, we like to have some dialogue here. That's why I asked you. <laughs> and I found that with guys like yourself that, you know, cover uh, beats, it's always good to to give you a chance to um, – dialogue with us in terms of things we've noticed about our own club because generally this becomes a kind of a one-sided deal and so i didn't mean to catch you off guard with that but nonetheless if folks want to interact with you how do they do so and i and i hope you have a wonderful day well i appreciate it tony yeah our website our, our razorback website is wholehogsports.com and uh just you know find us on on any of our social media accounts and and that's how they can find us but i appreciate you having me on I hope you have a great day, man, and enjoy the series this weekend. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a good day. Thank you, Matt. That's I think he has some interesting thoughts, and and I wonder if, um, in light of his interesting thoughts, if we should recalibrate a little bit, because it seems like you know we were looking at that Florida team. They got some banging transfers they brought in, Matt. They really did, um, and some really good veterans, you know, who have kind of taken the next step. And I wonder, Matt, if if in light of that, because we keep sort of I don't know, are we being are we being unfair to this team with all the turnover they've had? I'm not trying to be a sheep for Tony. I'm really not, because they've done maddening things. Like, uh, well, I've got a quote today in the blog over at tclub.team from Evan, who says, "Hey, look, I mean, our formula used to be." We would sit there and hang in games and wait for you to make errors. He said, now we're the team that's making errors. He said, it's driving me crazy to watch it. But Matt Jones makes a great point about the veterans in the league, Matt, and and, and the way and the, I, I, the term I'm trying to use here, the level of talent maybe. It just looks like every team's just better, Matt, this season. Oh, no, I, I definitely think that the level of play has gone up big time. Um, really, probably more so the the bottom to middle of the league. I, I think there's always going to be elite teams, and I, I think LSU's you know, close to that this year. Not not quite Tennessee good, but them and Florida, I think, are, are elite teams. Uh, you know, I, I do think you still do have a little bit of the, the kind of COVID residue with, with rosters, um, but – you know, you look at Tennessee's, they brought in, you know, Griffin Merritt and Maui Ahuna, and th- those guys, you know, haven't quite had the season that I think most of us expected them to. So, you know, it does kind of work both ways there. Um, but, you know, Andrew Lindsay's been really good out of the bullpen. Halverson, even though he was here last year, you know, didn't, didn't pitch. So, 
It is, you know, and, and, Do- and Dolander last year was a transfer. So I, I do think, you, you know, you are kind of flipping your roster a lot, maybe not quite as much as basketball, but, you know, I mean, when you have to have, when you have six or eight, ten guys drafted, you know, you're obviously going to have a whole lot of turnover. Sammy uh, told Farmer Charlie that he need to need to cool his jets and relax a little bit. And I think that's probably pretty good advice for a bunch of us because, look, and I'd like to get into this with you on the other side, the whole concept of jerking Chase Burns just to, and you had to share the floor yesterday with Bino, which means, you know, you can't get a word in edgewise. But having to share the, having to share the floor uh, uh, you, that's very difficult. You know, I just think that making a move in spite sometimes is making a move in spite. And it seems like, I, I don't know, the Burns guy has not been good. I want to talk to you about that. 865-200-5402. And then I want to ask the Living Vol fan, do you plan on Going to the orange and white game this weekend. The weather is going to be pretty good. What's the advanced forecast for it, guys? It's okay, right? I think I think I saw rain in it though. Fifty percent chance or something like that. Oh man, I hate. Let that. me see. Let me let me pull it up real quick. Don't tell me that. Yeah, we're in this pattern where the weekdays are nice, and then come That's weekend right. you can forget about, about it. That okay, it's a thirty percent chance of rain, so that that's. That may not be okay. as much, and 78 is the high. So, um, bottom line is, and, and we'll come back on the other side, do you plan on going? Let's let's talk about, because I'll tell you this, if, if I was there, which I'm not, uh, my lovely's flying back today, yay, yay, and then I'm going to be up here for a while, because uh, my son's going to get a chance to play a part in the in the um, uh, Ivy Championships, which he's real excited about. So it's kind of neat. Um, so uh, at any rate, uh, we're going to be back and forth. She is anyway. But I'm going to be up here for a good week and a half now, um, which is kind of nice for me. So we'll take a brief time out, come back on the other side, 865-200-5402. Do you plan on going? to the game, and I thought X had a really insightful, interesting thing to say about Nico, who has been so different than I thought he was going to be. I'll just say that out loud. And it's a wonderful development. As we continue with more on the other side after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. 
Hi, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. When you think of diamonds, what do you think of? Rare, precious, timeless, sparkles like the sun. They are timeless and nothing like them on earth. Then do you think, where do I buy local to buy the perfect ring? Maybe a diamond pendant or earrings or maybe a new diamond band. Look no further. Tillis Jewelry carries all your diamond and jewelry needs. Stop by and see our wonderful collection. And remember, if you don't know your diamonds, know your jeweler. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is T. Wellie, and I've got our very favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the phone. Miles, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And as always, uh, you have some great, great specials for us. So uh, what do you got this week coming up right now? Well, this week we have cooked shank portion ham, $1.49 a pound, all ribeye, $5.99 a pound, strawberries, $2.99 each, Sago, two liters, four for five, and sun drop, six packs, three for ten. Wow, a lot of good deals, and uh, the normal hours are obviously 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., so that's great to know. And uh, again, you're located right there on West 7th Street, easy in, easy out, so uh, and, uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? Alrighty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. Uh, go check them out for some great, fantastic deals. They got all those specials, so we are so thankful to have them right here in our town. What a beautiful place it is. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony B. back with you, 865-200-5402. Talking to the great Nikki Goodwin there. I had to jump back. 865-200-5402 as we're back with you. And the question is, do you plan on going to the orange and white game? I want to 
thank, personally thank my friends uh, over at Advent Electric for purchasing, um, I think it was a 1,000 tickets uh, and uh, dispersing them through various agencies so various young people can go have a moment like Matt Dixon did uh, at the um, at the Orange and White game. And Matt, really, to me, that's what the weekend all about. It's about families getting a chance to go, and it's about, I mean, I'll just call it like it is. It's about people that ordinarily wouldn't be able to get into the stadium to go in and enjoy the atmosphere and enjoy themselves. And I hope to heck that it doesn't rain, that we can get out of this, uh, we can get out of this weekend malaise we've been in. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I, yeah, it's a definitely a family type event, and yeah, you, yeah, that was well said. So I, ho- hopefully, hopefully the rain holds off, and, and you get good weather, and play, you know fans can interact with players. You know, and with the NIL stuff, I don't even know if you're allowed to do the, the autograph thing anymore. Who knows? I, that's a good point. Would you have to pay the players now? I don't know how that would work. Would you have to uh, how that whole deal? Because we are just in a different era. Eight six five two hundred five four zero two, which leads me to I've got some news for you on the well, news. I say news. News is too strong a term. Um, I've got a little scuttlebutt on the behind the scenes stuff with the basketball team, and I'll share some of it. And then some of it I'm going to save for the blog tomorrow over at tclub.team, but I'll share some of it with you uh, coming up. In the meantime, let's go to our phones, and we'll get Ray in here who will join us. Ray, I welcome you in. Sorry, my voice is a little chewed up here from allergies. Hello and welcome in. Thank you. I've been a while since I've been able to call in. I want to ask you a couple things, though. I want to get your opinion about spring football. I know it's spring football, but there's still some kids that might be able to uh, stand out in, in, in these practices and basically scrimmages and stuff and see what your opinion is on it. But the main reason why I was calling in, Tony, it's the NCAA thing where yep. we're in the middle of. Uh, yep. I heard it doesn't look too good for Tennessee. And uh, I just my opinion is, I, I, where's Philip Former? Why ain't he been charged with any of this crap? And if it doesn't come out to, to our advantage, uh, do we still want him around our program? I mean, he had a job to do when he was the athletic director. And he screwed up. Just if, if somebody else that did that, we'd run him out of town. I, I think it's interesting that Fulmer gets a box and a run of the place. And, and I realize he won a championship. And that's all well and good, you know, if you want to reward him for that. But he stuck his nose back in it where where literally his nose didn't belong. He was not qualified. He, you know, he campaigned for the job. And then when he got in there, he was more worried about, coaching game film ray than he was shepherding the program which was his charge and he had a guy who was sort of a ramrod personality to begin with and jeremy pruitt it was like you know i hate to use this term ray because i don't want it to sound uh you know like i'm besmirching a people group but it was almost like the blind leading the blind because former was no more qualified to do that than pruitt was to be a football coach and you make a really good point in that there are two charges the NCA will charge you with. There is um, lack of institutional control, 
and failure to monitor. Those are the two biggies. Tennessee's charge is failure to monitor. And failure to monitor to me and to other people that I've talked to who work uh, in, in, in that realm and really follow NCA stuff, the Blake Topmeyers of the world who we had on last week. And I don't know if you heard our conversation, but we had the other gentleman on from Sports Illustrated who broke the story. Brian, whose name is? Help me out, Brian. The that would be that would be Ross Dellinger. Ross Dellinger. They say failure to monitor is really that's an athletic director deal. Of course so to your point, and and Matt Ray brings up a good point. At, at what end does Fulmer's goodwill run out, and does he become an impediment to this? Because if Tennessee gets hit with some sanctions. Or they get hit with a bowl ban this upcoming season, Matt. That is right on Fulmer's. That's right there. I mean, it's, it's not his doing. He didn't do it. But, Ray, he didn't stop it. Like, I'm not going to blame him for something he didn't do. Okay? I'm not. But you can certainly blame him for something he didn't do. Is that fair? Matt, Matt am I being fair? Are me and Ray being fair here? Or are we being, or are we reaching here? No, I, I think you're being more than fair. I, I think that you do. I think a lot of the blame does fall on him ultimately. I mean, he, he's the one who hired the guy, and he's the former head coach who should have been able to help his first-time head coach navigate things like that. Like, I, I think a lot of it falls on Fulmer. But I, I do wonder, and I thought about this the other day, if, if they had fired him for cause of whatever we want to talk about, wouldn't that basically be admitting that – they had the the failure to monitor or lack of institutional control. Like that would be like just admitting that if you if you fired him, um, as opposed to letting him go out the way he did. But I you know if what, that Matt? played a role in it. Well, I, I I don't think so because you fired the football coach for the same reason. So you'd be admitting and falling on your sword all at once. See, to me, if you're going to rip the scab off, rip the scab off, and they should have terminated him without a payment. And he shouldn't have his box over there, Ray. I'm just going to say it out loud. I mean, it just doesn't look right. This thing doesn't look right, man. I'm a, I'll be the one that said, look, I'll be the bad guy here. I'll, I know that's going to rankle some people and aggravate some people. Hey, look, I'm sorry. I didn't do it. Okay? I'm sorry. I did not do that. He did it. I didn't do it. I wasn't the one grading uh, game film, Ray. Do you have any well, other thoughts he, to my, to my caller? Got, when, he, when he was promoting to get the job, and there was a lot of people like Eric Haynes, you know, they cheerleaded him on, saying he's oh, very Gage. well most qualified for the job. Uh, blind leading the blind. One, the one blind. thing they was coming up with, most talk radio talk show, is that with former experience, head coach experience, he's going to be able to help the new coach and guide him. Now that was true. He left him aware to fix himself, I think. And maybe, maybe Pruitt didn't want no help from, from uh, Philip. I, I don't know. But, you know, athletic director, you know, that's his, uh, that's his boss. He should, uh, should not give him any choice. Well, it's, it's really, really, really strange. Look. Um, even if we get off, Tony, even if we get off scot free, look at the look at the money we've had to spend out on this. Oh, it's a t- no, it's a total mess. But they're not getting off scot free. 
Yep. I'm just going to share that with you. That's not going to happen. I've, I've when when you go before that years. committee, yeah, when you go before that committee, Ray, it's uh-huh. it's like this thing has been escalated. So the, yeah. the getting off scot-free deal, that's not going to happen. Now, I don't know what inevitably is going to be the result of this. I do like that the new athletic director who's handling things like an athletic director. See, Danny White's never going to be sitting there grading film because he doesn't know what he's looking at. And there's kind of a blessing in that, Ray. He doesn't wor- he, he lets his coaches coach. He's not worried about coaching. He, he's staying in his lane, so to speak. But the one thing I like about what Danny White's done is he's leaked to various media people that, hey, if we have to, we'll countersue those folks. If they want to hit us with a... Uh, uh, a bowl ban, we will countersue them. And one thing the NCAA does not want to do is end up in a real court of law. Because if they end up in a real court of law, Ray, they lose. Well, that's, that's good that we got an athlete that knows what's going on. Exactly. I, 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 you know, I, I called in on a hemi time protesting not to hire this guy. Uh, and, I mean, gosh, if I seen that, I mean, why didn't people in the they were doing the hiring. He's a charmer, man. You know? you know what he did? He he. First of all, he's got those boosters that love him, who despise yeah. me because I tell the truth, and that's okay, right? I, look, to those of you that despise me, one of us was right and one of us was wrong. No problem. I I accept your apology. No problem to those people. I say that to them, with all due respect. Yeah. And then the second thing is, Ray. He is a very slick politician, Fulmer is, and he charmed Bev Davenport, who, looking back on her, oh, my gosh, the blind leading the blind leading the blind leading the blind. And somehow she somehow she saved us from uh, the Shiano mess, which was going to be, and that was the blind leading the blind, blah, 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 blah. And it got, my gosh, what are we doing here? And somehow we ended up, with a bright young athletic director and a terrific young football coach, Ray. Tell me how that happened. But I hope I, pr- I hope you have a wonderful day, Ray. Thank you. I'm not sure how that happened, Matt. Somehow we ended up with a bright young football coach. So Bri just kept it legal. We just kept it legal and large. We're in the hour number two. On your Tony Basilio show. You know, I, I just... I sit here, Matt, and only here could you have all those sidebar issues going on, you know? Yeah, yeah. The the, the Fulmer factor in all this is just really unique and interesting. And, yeah, I mean, the guy's still showing up over there, you know, kind of front and center, or maybe front and, and baseline. It's just, it's just, this feels awkward. You, you would like think nothing he happened, would have had Matt. enough self-awareness to maybe, maybe take a step back a little bit. So weird. Like nothing happened. I mean, if I would have run that thing into the rails the way they did, there's first of all, I would not have gotten up there at that press conference that day if I were him. When they said, hey, we want you to, I'd, I'd have been like, why am I going to be on that? Why am I sitting up there? No, I'm not sitting up there with you guys. It's not right for me to be up there. Somehow Tennessee came out of that with a bright young coach. I'm not sure how they got there. You know, it's almost like the brand, you know, you use the term brand, but it's almost like these brands are so strong that you can't, you you just can't 
run them into their demise. And Tennessee football is one of those brands. You know, they stayed down a lot longer than many brands would have just due to one bad decision after another, after another. Oh, no question, After another. But if you think about it, it went, it went, okay, you went out and hired Dooley when you should have just given the job to Kippy Brown and let him babysit it and give you a chance to go into the market the next year when you still had a rather strong, non-diminished brand and get a bright coach. But, no, they panicked to the point where Dooley, in a few interviews, said, I thought they were kidding when I saw somebody reach out to me from them and say, are you interested? And then when I got a call from them, I thought, there's just no way this is real. So that then you have, you have that one. Then you gave the world to a guy who didn't appreciate being here in Lane Kiffin, who, if you would have given it to Lane Kiffin now, he'd have been your football coach for 20 years. But the Lane Kiffin then wasn't humbled yet, wasn't broken yet, uh, didn't get his comeuppance yet. And that happened after he left here. And he became kind of a different person if you hear him talk. And look, he's still zany and still wacky. But Matt, Lane Kiffin here could have won a lot of football games. The Lane Kiffin that's out there now could have won a lot of football and won championships here in Knoxville. Yeah, I, I def, yeah, he's definitely the, the a good enough coach and, and recruiter and all that. Yeah, but the one the one that came here in '09 was never going to be a long term solution. You you might have you know you might have had a peak year there, but you also probably would have wound up on with some NCAA sanctions as well, with just how brazen him and Orgeron and those guys were with things. But on the flip side, you also probably would have beaten Alabama at some point as well. Oh, that's right. I mean, he he would have beaten beaten you know probably beaten Bama once or twice, um, maybe beats Florida once or twice. And, you know, he he might get you to Atlanta. He might have gotten him to Atlanta, but on the back end of that, you would have well, it would have ended, you know, kind of a in a in a disaster type way. I I would assume with with how how they were they were handling things. So then you had that you had that deal from and then we go and we get a guy out of Cincinnati who literally had no business being here never had any business being hired their two finalists that year were him and Charlie Strong you talk about a coaching search from Hades that might have been a year where there was really no good candidates available to hire you don't say you you don't I mean, say. when those two are your finalists that was just and the way. That's and, why you you run Dooley after you lose to Kentucky. You run him then. And then that begats Shiano Sunday, which begots uh, a shotgun marriage with Jeremy Pruitt and Fulmer, which that was a shotgun wedding. In the uh, a shotgun rifle in a front wheel drive in the country, boy, I can survive. But you know, at the end of the day. Uh, we went out after that and tried to hire Tony Elliott. I mean, you th- if you think about all the steps it took to get to this coach Tennessee has now, who's like the rage in major college football. This guy is like all the rage in major college football. 
He is. He he's the he is the rage. Tony, why do you say that? The guy at Clemson, Matt, is literally going to try and run Tennessee's offense after seeing it up close and personal. Yeah. When have we had the guy? When have before? After bad mouthing it the whole week. After we lost to South Carolina, he bad mouthed it, and then we we whipped him pretty good. And now he's that's right trying to copy it. It's really funny. Yeah. No, Heupel's got. You see a lot of a lot of concepts, and they're not all like strictly from him, but. A lot of concepts that his offense uses, I think, were in the NFL last year. Um, yep. Some team, you know, some of that started to bleed over. So it, you got a, you got a dynamic, you know, kind of kind of cutting edge offense that at least right now is still a step or two ahead of ahead of defenses. So gives you a chance to win a lot. We you got sure a lucked, in, got lucked into that one. And if you think about all the steps it took. To get to this guy, it's kind of breathtaking, really. It's kind of breathtaking. Because when they hired this guy, it looked like, oh, boy. I'll be honest. The day they hired him, I was like, oh, man. Why? When's this thing ever going to get out of its own way? Hiring a mediocre guy from Central Florida who... To Scott Frost program that was going a million miles an hour and slowed it down to about seventy. That was my that was my viewpoint. So, and you know what the truth is? It's probably yours too. It's really interesting. It's um, the twists and turns, the Tennessee program, because of the insane fan base, is pretty hard to beat. And you fans get dumped on. People say what they say to you. People uh, say what they say about you. But at the end of the day, you are an incredible force. You know? An incredible force. That's blessed me through the years. I'll say that. Let's go back to our phones. 865-200-5402 is the number if you want to join us. Let's get Drew, who's in the hunting in the mix with us. Drew, welcome in. What's going on, Tony B? How are you guys doing? Hey, Drew. Welcome in, buddy. Hey, Brian. What's going on, man? You guys doing all right? Absolutely, Drew. Thank you. Hey, so, you know, I've been a little worried like everyone uh, with this kind of report coming out that we're going to have to go in front of the NCAA. But the more that I think about it, I'm kind of getting excited about it. I'm going to explain to you what I mean. And this, like most of my takes, could be ice cold. But we have an opportunity, like you said, to counter Sue. And if I'm Tennessee, I'm taking that opportunity um, on full board. And the reason is because now we get Jeremy Pruitt to sit down and talk about what's going on at Alabama and Georgia. And I can promise you the last thing that people at Alabama and Georgia want is for Tennessee to counter sue the NCAA and have that clown sitting in front of a judge and jury and have to go under oath and answer real questions. You know what I mean? Because Uh, because what Alabama did not do, they didn't self-report any of that. I mean, we've been seeing Dodge Chargers uh, on Instagram and Facebook and whatever it may be for a decade now. And Tennessee took the initiative and self-imposed 
So I'll be honest with you, and, and this is probably very far-fetched, but the way I look at it is if we even have to take a worst-case scenario a bowl ban to find a way to bury Alabama and Georgia and, and halt their momentum to give us a chance to uh, close that gap a little bit, I think that's a pretty good trade-off if you ask me. I uh, absolutely agree. But you know what? I don't know that it would come to that because I think – Tennessee side, for those that have their hopes up, I think the Pruitt thing is a red herring in this because I think Tennessee's case would be Tennessee's case would be Tennessee's case. And I don't think a component of that would be dragging Jeremy Pruitt into a court of law to say what went on here, what went on there. And here's what I mean. If the NCAA came back with a draconian ruling on Tennessee that everybody involved (laughs) thought was too heavy-handed, in other words, a bowl ban, I think the commissioner of the league would weigh in and a component of the commissioner of the league weighing in, he would never want splashback or blowback on uh, Georgia or Alabama. So they would on do the everything makers. in their power. Exactly. Yeah, you got yeah, it. Yeah, why would he? he? You, no, he's never going to hurt his, his rainmakers in the league. So in that sense, I view this in, in, a, in a way as a win-win type scenario because the last thing the NCAA wants, I mean, they're on a foundation of sand, and that's putting it lightly. Yeah. I think the last thing that they want, as you pointed out, is to be taken to court. The last thing Georgia and Alabama would ever want, um, even though it may be unlikely, is for probably us to go to court. And the last thing the commissioner would want is for any of those cash cows to be shed in a negative light. So I kind of look at it as I, I don't know what could happen in way you know I don't know what the ultimate outcome is going to be in way of scholarship reductions or even a bowl ban. But, but let me ask you this. If Tennessee were to countersue and were to fight that, which it sounds like we're expecting they would, does that halt those potential bans and those reductions? Like, wh- where would that put potential penalties? Are they delayed dependent upon the outcome of the court? Or because that's completely separate from the NCAA, do those stand? But then if Tennessee wins in court, I mean, what is it? It's just all so confusing in such new ground but and do we have any idea on that i mean what would that do to those potential penalties would it halt them or or would they stand well you know this is a thing this is a conversation which is an interesting point you bring up this is an interesting question for uh for one and all matt he brings up a great point and here's the point if in fact you're tennessee Okay, And if, in fact, you're sitting there and you're looking at getting a one-year bowl ban, if you appeal it and you drag it in the next year, you drag it into the first year of the uh, whatever the team playoffs going to be. But Tennessee will be a playoff contender, too. you would right think, next year. For that. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Drew, and that's that's in the backdrop here. You know, it's got to yeah, be. It's got to be in the back of your mind. So, Matt, if you're Tennessee and you get the bowl ban, are you going to take your medicine this year? I think so. Or are you going to drag it out, go to court, and risk it going in the next year? What are you going to do, Matt? It's an interesting question Drew brings up. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword, no, man. Yeah, yeah, very, very interesting. I, I would just go ahead and take it if, if that's ultimately what you get, which – that has to be what they're fighting over. Like, why else would you go to, you take it this far? 
unless it's it's a sanction like that. I, that's what it has to be. I, right. I think you would have to take it at the. You'd have to. T- I'd rather have it this year than next year because I think yeah. next year is a kind of a a peak year where you could potentially, you know, compete for that playoff spot. Well, Brian and Tony, here here's my question then, and here's a thought. You, Brian, you're great at getting guests on. It would be awesome to locate a lawyer that has been involved in a high-profile NCAA case or, or anyone that has been involved in an NCAA case that would be willing to come on and kind of analyze this from a legal standpoint because I think that that would be a really interesting conversation um, to, to just hear how they would break this down based on their experiences. But number two, if, if it sounds like we're expecting Tennessee to counter sue, my last question then would be, if we're just going to take our medicine, which I agree would be in Tennessee's best interest, then what is the goal of the counter suit? Money? I, I mean, what 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 do, does Tennessee have to stand to gain by counter suing? I mean, reputation. I mean, this stuff happens at every school at this point. You, you know, some of the biggest schools in America. This has happened to Kansas, North Carolina, whatever it may be, and they're standing just fine. What what's Tennessee's ultimate goal? in pressing uh, back on the NCAA then? It's a really, really, really great point. I mean, they're not going to give you more. They're not going to say, well, we took away six scholarships, uh, so next year Tennessee and only Tennessee is going to get six additional because, you know, we went to court and, uh, well, we were wrong or bad. You know, they're not going to say, well, Tennessee gets to go to uh, we're going to let Tennessee go, and this, this is just silly, but, you know, the two bowl games next year since we banned them this year, I just don't know what – at that point, if you're just going to take your medicine, what do you have to gain by extending this into the courts? I don't know. It's, it's what uh, it's one of the things that Sean Sinclair brought up yesterday or last week, and people didn't like it when Sean said it, but the more you stop and think about it, you know, if you if, – Unless you get really hammered scholarships wise, if they come that's back and say, "Hey, one. you're sitting out a year in the in the, in the postseason," that's cake. I, I don't know. In one sense, you're better off fighting it, and and why not? A part of me wants to say you always fight back. Sure. Part of me also says, "Boy, I don't want that thing to blow back in the next year." Nico's first year and the the yeah. potential for next year's team and all this stuff you've kind of built for and. Then you've got another year where you're, um, what's the term I'm looking for here? Where you're drug into this and you're, in you're, you're, I mean, you're just purgatory. That's the term. There you go. And I mean, even, even people who have been guilty of the most heinous crimes usually will appeal, right? So I yep. understand why Tennessee's appealing, um, but the, the scholarship reduction scare me significantly more. I couldn't care less about a bowl ban unless I'm sitting there at the end of the season after the Vanderbilt game and we're 12-0. and 0. You know, th- that would hurt. And I don't know how that would work. Does the postseason ban also include the – I would assume it includes the SEC championship, correct? Yep. Well, it does. It, recru- it, it, it includes the SEC championship. It includes the SEC championship. Yes, it does. But let's be real. That I mean, we're not going 12-0 and 0 next year. We're looking at probably a nine and three, maybe ten and two football team. I guess it's possible, just like it was last yep. year. But you know, we're still fighting back to get 
up to the Alabamas and the Georgias. Um, so yep. in my opinion, what's the most important thing there? Scholarships. So if we have to take a bull ban and, and not add a trophy to the case in an era where those don't really matter anymore unless you're in the playoff, I say take it. I just don't want the scholarships taken away. Thank you, brother. Great talking to you, as usual. Really thoughtful call, man. Really thoughtful phone call from Drew. Um, and, Matt, he brought up a lot of great points. He really did. He brought up a lot of interesting kind of food for thought. He points there. We come back. I want to get into a little bit of this basketball stuff, some of the movement or non-movement. Poked around on the Julian Phillips-Auburn deal. I want to share with you what I've learned and a few other things as well. The number is 865 200 5402. Again, 865 200 5402. There are some moving parts with uh, Tennessee uh, in terms of, and I'm going to lay this out tomorrow in the blog, but there are some moving parts with Tennessee and the NIL. Uh, there's some concerns uh, there with Rick Barnes in the NIL era. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, he, Rick Barnes is hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold on the NIL era. In, in an era where head coaches have to be hot, 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 hot. So he's a very peculiar individual uh, and has been. Hard to figure out. Rick Barnes is hard to figure. Mercurial would be my term for him. Excellent coach, though. Hard to hard to deny the results he's gotten. But we'll come back. I'll, I'll unpack it. And then 865-200-5402. If you want to jump in and we continue on a Tuesday after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. 
A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring followed by low interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Join us on April 21st at 7.30 a.m. for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is going to be an annual event. It'll be hosted by the Tohee Golf Course on April 21st, starting at 7.30 to noon. Proceeds from this tournament will go towards the academic and athletic opportunities for our students at Columbia Central. Please contact Ms. Christy Smith at Columbia Central High School or Dr. Mike Steele, the principal at Columbia Central High School. Hope to see you out there to celebrate this amazing individual for the Dorothy Campbell Golf Scramble. This is Benjamin Sanders with the Columbia Kiwanis Club. Kiwanis is hosting its annual Sporting Clays fundraiser at the Murray County Gun Club on Saturday, April 15th. Columbia Kiwanis supports the Imagination Library in Murray County for children's literacy. Shooters of any age and skill are welcome to shoot, either as a team or an individual. Scholarships are available for youth to participate. Find us on Facebook, check out our website, or call Suzanne Ganser at 615-939-1928. We hope you join us for this great event. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony, be back with you a few seconds of dead air for a fact. It's what we do around here. Especially when we have a... Well, I don't want to get graphic. 865-200-5402. Matt, should I just leave a tender moment alone? What do you think, buddy? Or should I get graphic with it? What do you think? Uh, let, let's leave it alone. We're, we're not in the third hour yet. 
Huh. 865-200-5402 if you want to join. Um, let me get into this uh, this thing with uh, Barnes and the NIL. and <sighs> I just don't know what to make of Barnes, Matt. Do you know what I mean? Before I elaborate. Yeah. Yeah, there's the good obviously outweighs the bad, and there's really by a decent decent margin. But I there's it just always feels like he leaves you you know kind of expecting and wanting a little more than than he gives. Uh huh. Uh huh. Transfer portal's really interesting so far. Um, not a lot of impact guys going to good fits on contending teams right now. Um, there, it's weird, right? There's a good chance right now the way it's trending. According to people I talk to, okay, top 10 teams or so in the country could be even weaker than last season, the way the portal's playing out right now. And then you... You couple that with the backdrop that Tennessee's or, or like the incoming class, I should say, in college basketball, they're saying is going to be one of the weakest in years. Now, I don't know how they gauge such things. I mean, I guess there could be a bunch of uh, pleasant surprises. And by the way, I've got 30 to play here because I've got to get my lovely to the airport today. So... No TLD logistics overdrive overtime because family comes first. And me lovely has to catch an airplane, as we say in the trade. And I don't think they're going to hold the airplane. I don't know. I mean, we could call the airline and say, hey, we got to do TLD logistics overdrive overtime. But um, here's where we are with Tennessee. First of all, the Phillips thing's really interesting. I couldn't get anybody to tell me that the Phillips thing and Auburn is real. Now, that doesn't mean it's not. But, again, I'm, I'm here and you're there. I spent some time on the phone yesterday with several different folks. And I couldn't get anybody to tell me that it was real now i think anybody tell me that it wasn't because if you've noticed information with the portal this year those of you that attempt to follow this has been pretty sparse um now we do know you know certain guys make visits here or there or whatever but invariably you're going to have guys that are going to jump into the portal and they're going right to their next school and Phillips isn't in the portal yet. So he could be one of those guys. But I couldn't have I couldn't find anybody yesterday to tell me that it's real. In fact, Tennessee, the people around that deal, they don't think that's real. That will come as a surprise to them. Phillips and Auburn. Now Brian made a good point yesterday, Matt in that the Phillips kid in Auburn's system, and I'm not trying to give the kid any ideas. I mean, I'm not saying anything that's not uh, that's not out there, but they lost one of their wild guards. 
which would probably open up some floor space for him. And I don't know if you noticed, but um, who's the one that left, Matt? That um, Oh, God, what's the, the kid? Wendell Green Jr. Wendell Green Jr., whose father clapped back at Bruce Pearl on Twitter after he went into the uh, transfer portal. Almost as if Auburn asked that kid not to come back. It's sort of interesting. Maybe Pearl just finally had enough of of watching crazy basketball with Wendell Green Jr. What kind of player, Matt, do you think? And then I got no, I got a few news notes and snuggets on a few other mainstays on Tennessee's roster from last year that they hope nothing happens with. And I've got a new name for you, uh, who's been. Uh, flirted with by a couple of uh, schools in his backyard that I think will surprise some people. But, Matt, what what kind of player do you think Phillips would be if he pulled the trigger and ultimately went to Auburn? Do you think he would flourish there, or do you think that would be a mistake for him? Uh, I, I think he'd have much better numbers there, um, especially offensively. Um, trying to think. I mean, he, he could potentially be one of their top top scorers. Uh, I, I think he'd, he'd probably have better numbers, probably be developed better as a basketball player here, um, just overall. But I, I think he, he would he would probably be an all-league player down there. So the NIL thing's really interesting because um, Santi, is, Santi is interested in a dollar figure, and they're trying to work something out. Um. And obviously there are loopholes for the international players. See Oscar Shibway. There, there's loopholes, and these schools are now getting around them. So I'm not, I'm not breaking any news there. My understanding is that Tennessee is kind of behind the eight ball because what has invariably happened here is that it's become incumbent upon head coaches at these various schools and I hope I'm not starting something here. I'm not trying to start anything, but I'm just trying to share why you're not seeing Tennessee involved, because they're taking three out of the portal, it looks like right now. But why you're not seeing the Vols involved with frontline guys in the portal just yet. And a bunch of the frontline guys, as we said before, haven't fallen. So maybe it's early in the process. Then again, maybe it's not. I, I have no idea. But dollars-wise... My understanding is that Tennessee is behind right now, behind other programs in terms of what they have to offer. Because Rick Barnes, I was told by a couple of sources, has just not been very engaged in raising money for players. And what's happened at these schools is these head coaches have been stroking big money people to help them with their current roster and to help them with their future roster. And Barnes, to this point, has been, well, I'll read one text I got yesterday. Dollars-wise, Tennessee's behind. Barnes, to this point, hasn't been tremendously interested in raising money for players. Matt, that's not tremendously surprising, is it, that an old-school like guy like Barnes isn't, isn't uh, hustling up, so to speak? Which is a new no, facet of this I, thing. I think that's kind of on on brand for him. That's we we've seen a lot of coaches who are are that way that that have just retired, just left the game. So no, it, it's not surprising at all. 
The other snooze note and snugget. So they're still awaiting word on Phillips. They're still awaiting word on uh, what's going to happen with Santi Vescovi. And I think Sant- Santi has given them a number. Now, it's got to be pointed out that I think Sandy has a serious girlfriend, which I think probably helps Tennessee uh, from that regard when it comes time to playing poker with him, um, calling a bluff or not, so to speak. The thing that's really interesting is that Jonas Adu, this is just this shows you how this thing goes, okay? He's been very forthcoming with Tennessee that he's getting interest from other programs. And I'm going to name a couple. Duke called Jonas Adu's people the day after the Tennessee game. Duke reached out to him with an offer. Since then, North Carolina has reached out to him and said, hey, we've got a place for you. Now, it does not take a rocket scientist listening to me to understand that that Tennessee basketball team cannot lose that kid next year. Now, what I hear is that he's, at this point, not considered a flight risk, but he now has a figure in mind and probably has a little bit of leverage in this deal. This is the kind of stuff that goes on behind the scenes now and kind of goes on in real time at these schools. These people are recruiting players off each other's roster. Does that surprise you, Matt? No, it, it would surprise me if that wasn't going on. Um, just kind of widespread. And the thing about ADO is, is that I'm going to read another text that I got from somebody. Jonas has been extremely upfront with the staff. He's told them about other schools calling. UNC and Duke are both pursuing and him hard. He's from Durham, right? That's correct. That's correct. So there's that. Another text. Phillips has been asking for more money as well. Adu already has been compensated some. Don't know the figure. Don't know what Phillips is asking for. But now Tennessee has a Tennessee has a might have a quandary in who would you prioritize? And this is what this comes down to. It's like uh, it's like a lot of these pro teams. Who would you who who is a more of a priority signing for Tennessee next year? Is it Adu or is it Phillips? This is the stuff that's going on behind the scenes now. And Dixon, what's your answer to that? Is it Adu or Phillips? Um, I I think Phillips is the better player. Um, but. Uh, I, I'd probably lean Phillips, but if if you told me Viscovi was coming back, uh, it you know I I could make we could make the argument for Adu, but I, I don't. I mean, you really need both of them to. I mean, you honestly you need both of them really, but probably probably Phillips 
Um, even even though AD would probably be a two year deal versus one for Phillips. Tennessee is very much escalating the talking point that Freddie Dilley owns the answer. Have you noticed that, Matt? In the press, they have really pushed that hard. That narrative. They did that like which, immediately after the season was over, too. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting for those of you that are tea leaf readers. Which I'm. I'm not saying any of that's connected, but that's certainly occurring. Essentially, the way it's going to work right now, as far as we can tell, and, and we've been telling you that the senior class outside of Vesco has been encouraged to look elsewhere. And I guess one of whom is in the portal. We haven't seen Plavi's name, have we, in the portal? Have we? I don't think we have. I did no. see where... Olivier was drawing interest from Arizona. That would make sense. Here's what we're assuming right now. We're assuming that Tennessee is going to take three out of the portal with Vesco coming back. That's my read on this right now. I think the girlfriend angle, and they'll they'll come up with something for him, and the girlfriend angle is um, is going to be quite strong. Euros... Triple J, Olivier Key, and Phillips. We'll just we'll just assume those guys go for now. Let's just say that. And then you've got the situation with B.J. Edwards. What's going to happen there? If you remember, he was agitating, and there was a thought that that he was going to get into the portal, but who knows? Who knows whether or not that happens. Um, and then you've got Ganey's son, who's a real nice player at South Carolina Upstate. Does he come in as a walk-on? We'll see. But again, the, the portal has been extremely interesting because, to repeat, not a lot of impact guys are going to what you'd call good fits on contending teams. And, and I'm going to expound on that in a moment. But there's a long way to go. But the numbers are suggesting right now that there's a good chance that the top 10 or so teams in college basketball next year could be even weaker than last season's top 10. And if you'll remember, all year long, we saw March, a crazy March, coming. We kept saying it on the air. This is going to be the craziest tournament. This is going to be the craziest tournament. And I'll be damned if that wasn't the craziest tournament we've ever seen. It might have been the craziest tournament ever played. Right, Bri? In the modern era, post-85, the 64-team field, couldn't you make the case that's the craziest tournament we've seen? Yeah, I I don't know that it was too much crazier than some have been in the past, though. But you did have a four seed that ended up winning it that probably should have been a one or two seed, had had one or two seed talent. I guess the point is, though, at the top of that deal, at the top of that deal, which is what we're talking about, which is where the most instability was. 
because 16's beating 1's, 15's beating 2, 14's advancing, 13's advancing. And Matt, by the sounds of things, 2024 could be right in line by the sounds of those things. Which will create another insane tournament after a really a bad regular season where there's a lot of unwatchable basketball. That's correct. Because the problem that major college basketball has right now is that at the very top of the sport, look, no offense to Houston, but when Houston and Alabama and unwatchable Texas are your number one top teams in the country, teams like that, and there's not a tremendous amount of star power, that's why people gravitated to Caitlin Clark and Iowa. It's the truth. That's the truth. Now, look, listen, Caitlin Clark and Iowa, great story. And the rivalry with LSU and the Barbie and, gosh, she's obnoxious, but the, the Bayou Barbie and the whole thing. And Listen. The door was opened by the fact that men's college basketball has become stale. Both Ken and Palm, we ran the model last night. Would slot Tennessee's roster. Please don't laugh at this, Matt. Can I share? Because I haven't shared any. Matt, I haven't shared any of this with you, have I, off the air? Because I wanted to break this up no. fresh. No, you haven't. Okay. Both Ken Palm and Torvik slot Tennessee's roster at where nationally right now, returning only Vesco among their seniors, Matt. And if you add zero from the portal. The roster remains the same, and I'm bringing Phillips back for this model, okay? I'm bringing Phillips back. But if you returned only Vesco, and you add zero from the portal, Matt, both Ken Palm and Torovic have Tennessee in the same slot right now nationally. Where is it, Matt? What do you think? What do you think that number is? You care to take a stab at that, you and Brian? Probably in the ten to fifteen range. I'd say like like twelve. Brian, I would have guessed still somewhere in the bottom of the top ten. Give me the number, Brian. I'll say nine. Number seven. Seven in America. Hmm. Now, do you think most fans listening to me right now, Tennessee basketball fans, think that's a true statement, Matt? <laughs> Uh, no. Especially with, with Ziegler not 100%, no. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe around 20th would have been a good thought. I mean, Brian kind of chuckled at it. The point being that that's what you're looking at in major college basketball right now. That's what you're looking at. Bunch of basketball teams. And Tennessee remains with the roster they have. And again, as we said before, Adu has been very upfront with them with the fact that those schools in North Carolina 
Those schools in North Carolina are used to calling a Jonas Adu and him saying, I'm coming back home. You know that, right? A Duke is used to a kid like that. That's why they're reached out. They're used to that kid saying yes to, him, yes to them. Same goes for North Carolina. Now, did they recruit? Did they, they didn't recruit him out of high school, did they? I don't remember. North Carolina you did. Matt? Okay. I don't know about – I don't think Duke did, but North Carolina for sure won. Cause they, he, I think he was committed to – was it Marquette with the, the Duke assistant? And then yeah, that's right. he got fired and he reopened it. And I think it was Tennessee, North Carolina for AD. I think you're right. Maybe Oklahoma was in there in the mix too. It's pretty interesting. Uh, Something that somebody just shared with me, somebody that's on the campus every day, hearing us talk about the NIL, he said there's definitely a disparity between what's going on with the football players and the basketball players. Tony, I see these kids daily. The football kids are driving much nicer cars than the basketball players. Just an observation. And I understand that Josh Heupel and his staff have done a terrific job a terrific job of stroking the big money people to help fund their roster and Barnes to this point hasn't gotten off the bus yet and here's what I'm not trying to do I'm not trying to turn this into a um referendum um or like a rip on Barnes. I'm just trying to tell you in real time. Matt it hasn't come along it has not come because these coaches can do what they're gonna do. As long as you win and you get your results, you win and get your results, right? I mean it is what it is. It all comes out in the wash in the end. And if you're confident that you can take what you have and win with it, one thing about the Barnes guy, I, I've just learned to trust him. Because on the front end, I went crazy on the recruiting, and he proved me wrong. Again, I'm confused on Barnes. I, I, I don't know whether to question him, yell and scream, or go, hey, you know what you're doing. Do you know what I mean, Matt? It just, And I didn't tell you or Brian what we were going to talk about in this segment, did I? I wanted to do this on the air here. No, well, we hadn't talked about it at all. I hadn't even thought about basketball in about two weeks. So, yeah. So what do we? I, yeah. So, so what do we make of what we're? Could, I'm not asking you to trust what I'm saying, but let's just say what I'm saying is accurate. It is accurate. That's why you're not seeing Tennessee's name with with the big, with the big, big big names that are in the portal. They don't have the funds. They should have the funds, but they don't have the funds. What do we make uh, of that, Matt? I think Barnes does his best coaching with with two- and three-year players that he's developed. Um, now, we can argue whether the guys he has on the roster, whether that, that talent is good enough to be to compete at the top level as opposed to being you know kind of a top 10, top 25 team as opposed to top 10, but... You know, it's just kind of what his approach is. It's not surprising. It, 
you know, I, I don't, you know, I, I didn't think Barnes would be a, a big fan of the portal. And, and I didn't think, I actually just think that it's, he's kind of overachieved the last few years with his roster because, because of that. So it's the, the high turnover, I don't think helps a coach like Barnes at all. And thus far, it looks like he's not going to have off his roster a tremendous turnover. Now, I mean, who knows? Phillips and Adu might bolt. They don't think they're going to lose Adu. They think Phillips is probably 60-40 gone, but they don't know. And Phillips and Auburn, again, I can't get anybody telling me that's happening. But it's extremely and I mean extremely interesting behind the scenes. Extremely interesting in terms of how this thing is going to go behind the scenes. And we'll just continue to track it. I'll continue to share with you things that we learn along the way. That's pretty much the deal up till now uh, as it relates to hoops. And it's going to be an interesting spring here around the basketball program. But the Barnes thing, you know, I just, he's so mysterious. He's just, and he's made it work for him. He's so far made it work for him. You just wonder in this era if you can have that detached, and it is detached, if you can have that sort of detached approach and stay at a high level because Matt I would think at some point as a head coach you'd have to give in right wouldn't you uh yeah you would think so but that that's I think just kind of that culture deal is probably one of the reasons he hasn't had a bunch of players bolt from the port bolt to the portal as well so it's kind of a you know give a lot of give and take there so with with what Barnes's program is about so yeah that's I, a real interesting it's all really, thing, it's really really interesting yeah. I'll, I'll say that how how it all well, yeah. shaped and how he maneuvers his roster and you make you make a really great point in that culturally speaking and this is where you you trust a guy like him I'm trying to give you a balanced view of this okay a balanced view if I don't take guys on the front end who are very selfish people, who are complete people, who aren't going to come in and go into business for themselves, then on the back end they're not just going to run to the next suitor. And so far that's worked. Other schools in the league, guys have jumped into the portal when things haven't gone their way. Look around at what's going on in the SEC. Alabama's had several guys jump off their roster. Arkansas, places like that, top, you know. Tennessee thus far has not had that occur. And I I think Matt brings up a really good point. And so in the balance of, and we've got to be balanced here, because, again, the, the takeaway bullet point on the hoops deal is, when you talk about hoops and football, is that, and I'm getting used to this as well, I'm an old-school guy getting used to the NIL thing, just like the rest of us. But it bears repeating, and I am going to repeat it here. It bears repeating, and I am going to repeat it, that 
the truth is, the truth of the matter is, is that when you look at this situation, the football, the head football coach is stroking those big money people, and they, and, and I'm not going to put words in anybody's mouth, okay? But it seems to me that they feel like they're getting a return on their investment from the football deal. And the basketball funds aren't as there as you would think they would be. And I just think that's an interesting takeaway. That's an interesting take, And that is certainly happening in real time. And if you ask around, you will find that's an accurate statement. Uh, on this, the day of our Lord, April the 11th, 2023. Hey, Dixon, thank you. I got to get my lovely wife to the airport. So to the callers on hold, I love This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram thanks St. Jude Children's Hospital for their admirable work. We are committing to their cause of providing quality care to families in need at no cost to them by donating $150 for every new vehicle sold. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram is proud to partner with St. Jude for the fourth consecutive year. If you are currently in the market for a new vehicle, visit the team in-store or shop online at Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia.net to help families protect what matters most. You can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Hi, Jimmy Elliott for Columbia Ace Hardware. I want to invite you to the grand opening of our garden center, Saturday, April 29th. Come check out our great selection of fruit trees, hanging baskets, ferns, and garden plants. We'll have those things you need to get your garden growing. There'll be lots of activity that day, grilling demos from our Big Green Egg and Traeger experts, free giveaways with your garden center purchase, and Bree's homemade ice cream will be there to take care of your sweet tooth. The doors open at 8 a.m., 112 East James Campbell. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. 
Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Coach, baseball is back, and WKRM 103.7 is excited to bring you coverage and sponsorship options for this 2023 season. That's right, Taff, and this year our advertising partners had the option to sponsor our live Little League coverage, Atlanta Braves coverage, or a combo package that carry both of them. This area loves baseball, and what a great way to support the community by helping us bring coverage of our Little League, but also taking a moment to promote local businesses. People are crazy about the Atlanta Braves. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's something special and timeless about baseball radio broadcast. There sure is. So visit Front Porch Radio TN and click on the blue Advertise With Us button for more information about how your company can sponsor baseball of all kinds this season with WKRM. Fun is in full bloom, Tennessee, and the multiplier instant games are buzzing in. These colorful tickets offer chances to multiply your wins 10, 20, 50, and even 100 times. It's a beautiful day for bigger and bigger prizes, and they're ripe for the picking right now. Find the multiplier instant games today at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Tennessee's natural sounds come alive in the spring. There's the bark of the red fox, the growl of the American black bear, the hoot of the great horned owl. And what's this? All right! Oh my, it's the howling of a Tennessee lottery player who's just won big. Heed the call to top prizes of up to $500,000 when you play the all-new Instant Games this spring. Find them at your nearest Tennessee lottery retailer today. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. This is T. Welly, and I've got our very favorite grocer, Mr. Miles Johnson, on the phone. Miles, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. And as always, uh, you have some great, great specials for us. So uh, what do you got this week coming up right now? Well, this week we have cooked shank portion ham, $1.49 a pound, whole ribeye, $5.99 a pound, strawberries, $2.99 each, Faygo, two liters, four for five, and sun drop, six packs, three for ten. Wow, a lot of good deals. And uh, the normal hours are obviously 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. So that's great to know. And uh, again, you're located right there on West 7th Street, easy in, easy out. So uh, now we'll talk to you next week, okay? Alrighty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. Uh, go check them out for some great, fantastic deals. They got all those specials, so we are so thankful to have them right here in our town. What a beautiful place it is. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.